This episode is made possible by Red H Nutrition. Red H Nutrition is your one-stop shop for nutrition and wellness supplements. You can check them out in the show notes. And don't forget to use code RUNLIFTMOM, R-U-N-L-I-F-T-M-O-M, at checkout to save 10%. Also, if you stick around to the end of the episode, you'll hear me interview the owner of Red H Nutrition about one of my favorite products. And as always, I'm a Zaya Active representative, so don't forget to get on my new release Wednesday text message. Yeah, you heard me right. By going to newreleasewednesday.com, put in your phone number, and then you don't have to scroll social media all day come Wednesdays. I'm going to send you my favorite directly to your phone. Welcome to the Run Lift Mom podcast, where we're talking about running, lifting, and momming, not necessarily in that order. Today, we're spending all of our time squarely in the momming category, and this is from a collaboration that I did with Veronica Freeling and Sonnet Matthews of the Not Your Mother's podcast a few months ago. These ladies had me on their show to talk about my own infertility journey. Not Your Mother's podcast is a show about the unspoken truths of motherhood and parenting. And guys, that infertility journey, it can be really isolating because of the shame and guilt that one experiences when she can't get pregnant, when she can't do what her body is supposed to be able to do so naturally. If you knew me during that time in my life, you know that I didn't talk to a lot of people about it. (laughs) I wish I had done things differently, and now I'm making it my business to talk about it, and I'm even using this platform to talk about it because If you're going through this, I want you to know that you're not alone, and I want you to hear what I wish I would have done differently. Let's say you're not going through this. I still want you to hear this episode because it's going to help you. I guarantee you know someone in your life who is struggling with infertility. It's going to help you empathize with them and help your friends. Without further ado, here I am with Veronica and Sonnet on Not Your Mother's Podcast. Susie Goodwin is a former Guinness World Record holder and triplet mom of four kids under age five. She is a Christian military spouse and owner of a marathon in 47 of the 50 states, including Boston, Chicago, and New York City. And we are so excited to talk to her today. Welcome to the show, Susie. Hi, ladies. Hi. How are you today? I am doing fantastic, but you know what? I am the mom of four under five. So like like a chicken with my head cut off. I'm so excited to be talking to adults <laughs> and being in the moment. <laughs> Ooh, amen to that. We get that. Well, if you, if you see some adults around, let us know because we like to talk to them too. <laughs> We're as old as we feel and I'm seven years old today. <laughs> with my daughter, sometimes I don't know who's watching who, you know. <laughs> Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about your personal life and what led you to start Run, Lift, Mom? Yeah. So Run, Lift, Mom is actually my podcast. And I love that we're doing you know, this crossover. We're in the same space. Can I say, ladies, I love other women who want to collaborate, not compete. So you're my people. Oh, yeah. Yay. Yeah. It actually started... Wow. My son is five now. So it probably started, I would say, about eight, eight years ago. My husband and I have been married 11 years. And we knew 
like we knew we were going to do our thing right prior to having kids, but then we wanted to start having kids. And while the practice is fun, (laughs) you know, after a couple of years when it's not yielding a baby, you start to worry. So we, we just were, we were having problems, right? So like after some time went by and I wasn't getting pregnant and I'm a type A, so I'm like tracking everything there is to track as far as, you know, my menstrual cycles and my this phase and my that phase, we were able to go to a doctor and seek help there. And that really, I mean, it was month after month after month of let's try this and that. And anybody who has gone through this is like, yep, I know what you're talking about. The acupuncture, the Clomid, the stems, the this, the that. And it's like nothing worked. (laughs) So... Yeah, I mean, obviously, I just introduced, you know, myself as, oh, hey, now I've got four kids. So I know it might be hard for those going through this to feel empathy with a woman that, you know, now has four kids. But both of my children, or all of my children, both of my pregnancies were through an IUI, which is for those, you know, not familiar, it's like the unsexiest way to have a baby. It's like, (laughs) it's the turkey baster method. I mean, basically, right? And so those who are familiar are are also laughing right now because it is essentially where they will take washed sperm and put it in some tool that I'm sure is fancy, but it looks like a turkey baster to me. And when your follicles are of size and when your body says the time is right and when you have used a stem to make yourself ovulate, they put those bad boys up there. And um, in 2013, we were blessed with my first son. And then we went on, he was about a little over one. And we said, oh, let's have, you know, another child. Let's give this child a sibling. Notice I'm using singular there. And we went back to that fertility doctor. We did another IUI, which typically doesn't yield triplets. (laughs) But I'm a triplet mom. So, oh my God. So, yeah, four kids, two pregnancies. I jokingly say like they were too successful with us. But I mean, (laughs) definite blessings. And it's easy for me to laugh about. And it's wild to even tell that story in like 60 seconds because you guys cycle to cycle when we couldn't have a child felt like the longest time period yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I can't imagine. And then the the strain on the relationship and just all the exterior things that are around your life as that takes on more and more focus as it's more and longer and longer without seeing results. I can't, I can't imagine. Right. I mean, and obviously I host a show called Run Lift Mom. So spoiler alert, I mean, I'm a marathon runner and that's typically my coping technique when things aren't going my way. Also mentioned I'm type A. So the frustrating thing about not being able to have a baby, it's like, this is the thing your body is supposed to be able to do very naturally and easily. And it's also something you can't control. And the first thing your doctors are going to say to you is, you know, and I'm, I'm a petite woman. So the first thing every doctor said to me was, oh, stop running so much. Stop exercising so much. Uh, what? You want me to take away my coping technique? Yeah, right. Yeah. You're like, so then you want me to be crazy and also not getting the results I want. Thanks. And then so how did that kind of bridge into Run, Lift, Mom, where you are now? Yeah, well, so the triplets were born when my son wasn't even two. And I had gone back to work after my son was born. I'm traditionally in health and wellness. I was doing corporate wellness at the time, like, you know, setting up with employers to help folks from everything from biometric screenings to wellness programs. I've always been in the health and fitness world in a career capacity. So I went back to work after he was born and it was all good and it was 
it, you know, it was all good. And then when we had the triplets, I tried, y'all. I tried to go back to work. <laughs> we got a nanny. Oh my, my son continued to go to like his full-time daycare. The nanny came in because our triplets had been in the NICU and they still had all the monitors and bells and special needs things. Oh, wow. So yeah, it was, it was wild. And my, right, I'm saying this, my idiot self went back to work probably because I could control things over there. And it just, you know what it felt? I tried for six months and it just felt like I wasn't doing any one thing well. Motherhood, it felt like I was just kind of barely treading water. My job that I had been like really good at and usually like, you know, if something was measurable, I was trying to lead the pack, right? I wasn't doing well there. Even my running, right? My running and my fitness was suffering. I wasn't doing any one thing well. And then we did our taxes and we realized I was paying not to do any of those one things well. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Spoiler alert for man. the audience. Um, no. You can max out your childcare credits and just still going to be in that tax bracket. Uncle Sam does not care how much goes to childcare. So I was called to being a stay-at-home mom a little bit untraditionally. But that, I mean, just the finances and just how I was feeling really yielded, okay, I need to be at home with the kids. And now I'm doing the Run Lift Mom podcast and connecting with other entrepreneurs like yourself to uplift women because like I'm a stay-at-home mom and I love it. And even though I wasn't called to it traditionally, y'all, it's my jam. It is fun. But like I have a professional itch to scratch. And so this is the way that I do it. Brava. I love that. I mean, we really, really relate, of course, to that. And it's interesting. It's everybody's story unfolds differently. So we get to hear so many different ways that motherhood affects the trajectory of a woman's career with our guests. And so in this podcast, we talk a lot about the unsaid and the unspoken. And in your life, in your journey, what would you say is the unspoken part? You know, I would say, funny enough, the entire journey at the time was unspoken, meaning I didn't talk about it at all. So my coping technique has been taken away. I'm being poked and prodded every month. Y'all, I cannot tell you how many times I sat on my bathroom floor and cried because my period came and I just knew that that was the month. I wasn't talking about it to anyone, anyone. And what I find is, because now obviously I have a lot of empathy for women who are going through this, and now I have decided to speak up. And so a lot of women will come to me as they're on their journeys. And what I find is it's getting better. It's better than it was. And actually, I think I'm surrounded by women that are just more courageous than I was. I was ashamed. I was ashamed that like my body couldn't make a baby. And now it feels like people are speaking about it more. Social media, of course, connects us and it helps us find our tribe. I now am able to talk one-on-one -on -one with folks that I don't know in my first degree network, but I have girlfriends that are like, oh, I know somebody who's going through this exactly. Could you talk to her? And so that's a really nice, you know, that's a nice thing. But I will say, when you ask me about an unspoken, it's really hard to pinpoint. Is it the unspoken of... I can't do as a woman what my body was designed to do? Or is it just the whole journey? I don't know. Yeah, all of that encompasses it. And when you explain it to me, like I take away that it's the whole journey. And part of it is that we have that shame and that guilt. And also it's that we can't share. So then we carry that around with us. And it's deep. It really, I, I, I can imagine it, it's not just about having a baby. It's so much deeper than that. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, and my husband, I'll tell you, and he has shared this on my podcast, so I'm not like throwing him under the bus or like (laughs) going behind his back. But he could have gone either way. So like, I really just felt something deep. Like I wanted to be a mother. I just did. But I would never indulge myself. Maybe this is where I got into my career trouble. I would never indulge myself in the fantasy of having a child once we started having fertility trouble. You know what I mean? Like that time where like you go in your head and you're like, what would it be like to hold this baby and maybe the family pictures and oh, what? Hey, you know, all the things that you think about in motherhood. I didn't let myself fantasize about that once we started realizing, ooh, this is not maybe going to happen for us. My husband could have gone either way. He has said, you know, at the time he was feeling like, he didn't want children necessarily. He has opened up and said like, he didn't know if he could love a child like he did his existing family that was there. Now he's then gone on to say, gone on to say that, you know, it's a blessing. He can't imagine his life without the kids, but imagine what in the realm of that unspoken, okay? When you're not talking about it to anyone and he's kind of the only one that knows what's going on because you're too ashamed to, to say, yeah, I'm not woman enough to your girlfriends. Imagine what that does in a marriage where your spouse is then wrestling with that truth of, well, I don't even know if I want to be a dad. And maybe they're thinking like, this is the way to not have the child. Right. I mean, you know, we're, we're Christian and we believe that God is, you know, guiding us in our journeys. And so, you know, it's right. Hindsight's twenty twenty, But, you know, he said, well, I thought that was God's way of telling us maybe we shouldn't be having kids. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely been a journey. And I wish, you know, again, hindsight, but I should have spoken up. I sh- I didn't necessarily have to blast it all over my socials or run a podcast about it, but I wish I would have brought in some of my tribe and my network who loves and cares about me to talk about the feelings of frustration and shame and just sadness that I was feeling. That's a dark, dark place to be on your own. Yeah, it is. It really is. And so like with your husband... How did you to navigate through that, through this issue where he was maybe having second thoughts about having a child and you wanting to push for one? Like, how, how did that happen? Like, how did you guys get through that? Yeah, actually, so it sounds so simple now. But of course, you know, at the time, it was very calculated. First of all, we prayed about it together. And I think that helped. You know, obviously, I did not have a tribe that I was talking about this with, but I was talking to someone. And that was, you know, God and my husband. So, I mean, we were essentially talking about it pretty in depth as we were praying about it together. And we came to that prayerful decision that we would do fertility services. But we set our boundaries before we got into the services, i.e. before we signed the first document, before we had the first visit, we said, okay, these are the procedures we would be willing to do. These are the things we're willing to try. And this is our cutoff point. And I think that was important because we were having that conversation before we got too emotionally involved. Anyone listening who has had a failed procedure, like a failed IUI or a failed IVF, knows what I'm talking about in that like when you're in that cycle and they're measuring your follicles and they're giving you the stems and you're doing this and that and you've got all the tubes of stuff that you got to stick into you on the like you're way too emotionally involved at that point to say this is the boundary I'm not willing to cross does that make sense mm-hmm. that's so smart to do it before 
Yeah, we had those conversations. And I will say just an open dialogue. Get it. I recognize that not every one of your listeners, you know, may be praying with their spouse about this. But I really think just a clear dialogue with the spouse is very important. Yeah. And having a plan and understanding when to let it go and and when to keep pushing and being on the same page because that will alleviate a lot of heartache and frustration and miscommunication in a very emotional journey. Yeah. Great point. I mean, right. It takes it from this is what I want. Well, this is what I want to, okay, this is what we're willing to do together. And this is where we're willing to, you know, right. It's, it's a plan. I like that language that you use. I think that was really important in, you know, making sure that we were on the same page. And also it, it took it from being something that he did because I wanted to, right. Because now he's involved in that plan. Right. That's big. That's so big. Now, in one or two sentences, what do you want us to take away from this unspoken area of your life? Have the courage to open up. That would be my advice for anyone going through this. And then also, I would say for someone listening that maybe has you know, been blessed with the gift of fertility and hasn't had to go through something like this, I guarantee there is a woman in your life going through it. So to that woman, I would say, have the courage to be tribe, mm. to be a friend, to listen. Anyone, any woman listening to this podcast like can take something from this. And that is just, you know, um, being courageous in that moment, either to be a friend or to share. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. That gives me chills. That's beautiful. Okay. So you work with a lot of women. You talk to a lot of women. You are this living, breathing example of working through fertility and then being exceptional mom around it. So what are some of the hurdles that you see or obstacles that you see come up for the women that you speak with and that come to you looking for guidance, looking for support around infertility? I would say, you know what? An obstacle for a woman dealing with this is probably the same obstacle that a mom not dealing with this has. And that's just expectation. There's a like, what is it? The Shakespeare expectation is the root of all heartache. Yeah. And there's some truth to that. I described a little bit earlier, like lying on my bathroom floor crying because my period came and I just thought that this was the month. There's that expectation there. (laughs) And I'm reminded in this season of motherhood when I have four healthy, beautiful, breathing kids, you know, I expect a lot of things out of myself that maybe are out of my control. Sound familiar? It's that expectation there. Yeah. And I I mean, that's a lot of things in life. So that is so true on both sides of the fertility coin that we experience that. So if some of our listeners are struggling with a similar issue, what are one to three tips that you can offer them to navigate this hurdle? Yeah. So I would say, first of all, if they are feeling like, okay, it is not as easy for me to have a baby as my girlfriends. (laughs) And I know that the insurance company is going to make me wait. Usually it's about eight to 12 months. Uh, You know, everybody's going to be different. I would say to start tracking your cycles. immediately. That way you've got some baseline data to take to a doctor and say, I want to be proactive about my fertility. We are a military family. And so what happens with that, and what I didn't mention previously was (laughs) in the middle of all this, we are starting and stop. So like we're doing a permanent change of station to a different 
place, right? And then I'm getting a brand new fertility doctor who's like, oh, we're going to do all this baseline testing. Oh, come on, man. I just did this like four months ago. Oh gosh, you have to start over like every time. Right. Wow. So I got smart. And actually the place that we were successful here in North Carolina, I got really smart. And the place before it, I said, give me all of my records. I know they're electronic. Give them all to me, print them out and give them to me. (laughs) And I took that folder to the fertility doctor here. And I had an app on my phone with all of my cycles from like the last year. And I said, I'm not getting any younger. I'm almost a geriatric pregnancy. (laughs) These are my records from the last post. And these are my cycles. And do you guys know what? And they were great. They were gracious and they worked with me on that cycle. That was the cycle I got pregnant with my first son. So like, had I dragged my feet or had I not been a little bit bold and said like, I want to be proactive about this. And that's the right language to use. It's, there's nothing wrong with owning that and saying that. And, And that was the cycle that it happened for us. How common is infertility? It's pretty common. What's less common, again, is people talking about it. So, right, as hard as it is to talk to your girlfriends about it, now it's also really hard to walk into a doctor's office. And also, a lot of women of childbearing age, you know, if you're in your 20s, your 30s, you might not have a regular relationship with your primary care manager, your PCM doctor. I mean, we just don't have chronic conditions. Our parents that are in their 60s and 70s, I mean, right, their PCM is on their speed dial. We don't necessarily (laughs) have that foot in the door with our primary care manager. So it, it becomes a lot harder to bring up the conversation there as well. Yeah. And then how you mentioned earlier, like the shame that you get around what you feel like your body should naturally be doing. And then when you have to go to the doctor, it's like making it real. Right. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But I mean, if you could go to the doctor and say, I've been tracking my cycle, you know, I thought something was wrong a few months ago. And then when I knew I was coming to you, I just, here's the language you used to. I decided I would get a couple of, of months of baseline data for you. This is when my cycles began. And I mean, right? And now you're using their language, baseline. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're going in informed and proactive and willing to work with them and give them what they need so you can get what you want. Right. I guess, what are signs of infertility other than like the irregular period or tracking your periods? Like what, what are signs? Like how could you, why would you think that you were infertile? I guess just like not getting pregnant or... Yeah. I mean, so about eight months is that lot. Like if you've been regularly practicing baby making for about eight months <laughs> and um, nothing has happened, right? You've taken the goalie out of position and nothing has happened. It's definitely time to kind of take a look. Our infertility, this was the most frustrating part. It was unexplained, meaning my husband did all the tests. I did all the tests. They cleared my tubes. Like we did all the things and it was unexplained. I think I was actually undiagnosed with PCOS, which is polyovarian cystic syndrome. Symptoms there are like facial hair, overweight or obesity. Basically, it's like polyps on your, your ovaries. Now, here's the thing though. I'm a petite woman who has a really good esthetician. And so like I wax all that stuff off my face. So like I would walk into the doctor's office and they'd be like, no, you don't have PCOS, right? Because they're expecting someone like, 
overweight with weird skin to come in. So, and so they'll look, they'll look at your ovaries, but it's a snapshot of that moment in time. And so they looked at it, right? Every time we move somewhere new, they would look at it. But I, I do believe that I was misdiagnosed. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it can just be unexplained. But even if it's unexplained, you can still get that help, right? If you're financially blessed to be able to do so. Or, you know, if somebody works for a traditional employer, especially these larger companies, oftentimes fertility is covered up to 80%. So that's something to look into as well, kind of doing homework as you are making career moves if you think you might want that down the road. Or maybe it's a source of funding that you didn't even know existed available right now. That's so great to hear because I think a lot of people feel overwhelmed by the cost around it or what they what they worry the cost would be. So it's hard to even go down that road and to know that, that maybe there are some options there for you. Right, right. It's just such a landmine of, of different, you, know, you start down the road and there's so many different reasons why it could not be working. You know, I'm sure that you could feel just overwhelmed by the options of, well, it could be this or it could be that, or we don't know. And it's unexplained. And meanwhile, you're having this emotional roller coaster every 30 days. Like it's, it's an incredible thing that we don't talk about and that there needs to be more support around. And every healthcare provider will be like, well, you're stressed and that's affecting it. And it's like, oh, hey, <laughs> really, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Just I, really <laughs> <laughs> I love it when people are like, don't, just don't worry about it. Just don't worry. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm, really? Yeah. I mean, and obviously it's easy for me to laugh at now because I have four healthy, beautiful children. But yeah, did my stress probably affect my cycles? Yeah, for sure. But there are controllables and there are uncontrollables. There are controllables like tracking your cycle and using the right language with your providers and being proactive. And then there are uncontrollables. Y'all, I don't care how many stress management apps you have on your <laughs> phone or how zen you are. If you're in these shoes, you're not going to be able to... Just you're going to have some stress. Yeah. I mean, let's keep it real. And I think that's a really good point to make so that, you know, that's also another another reason you can start beating yourself up or feeling guilty. It's like, actually, it's so expected. So we want to pivot for a moment and ask you some questions about being a parent, how you've navigated that in different ways. So what is one of the hardest decisions you've had to make as a mom? You know, actually, probably leaving work. I loved, I loved my job, Something Fierce, you guys. And like, if work was going to work, it was going to work in this organization with the leader that I had in place. They were amazing. And like, you know, if somebody was like, oh, you know, we're going to take you in a magical port key to a time where your kids are in school and you can go back to work, I would go back to that team in that job. I loved it. So leaving that job was was the hardest. It was significant, just great work, but just it wasn't working. Yeah. So how were you able to overcome that hardship? Well, there for a while, I just did the stay-at-home mom thing. <laughs> and I did all the things, right? Like we did field trip Fridays and I was just, you know, every story time and, the, and activities and this and that. And what I realized is that wasn't necessarily scratching the professional itch. And that's actually when Run Lift Mom was born. I actually, I'm an independent representative for Zaya Active, Active Wear, because guess what? I used to be in health and fitness. It's a good fit. And these are things that I can do. They're entrepreneur type things that I can do on the side. And it scratches the professional itch. It helps me build the skills that I had in that dream job. So when I am ready to go back to work, 
you know, in a corporate setting, whether it be for that company or a different one, I'm still building my yeah. professional self. Yeah, you won't be rough around the edges because you haven't done anything. Right, right. That's awesome. Hire me. Hire me in five years if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> what is an aha moment you've had around parenting? Oh, you know what? That every child is different. And you hear it, you hear it everywhere. But y'all, I have triplets, okay? I have children of the same age, two boys and a girl. So two of them are the exact same gender. And I am here to tell you those milestone charts, they're a bunch of bunk. I have the same age children, same genders and everything. And each of those children is their individual person and has done things at a different rate. And I finally got smart enough just to throw the, oh man, we're really bringing it full circle. I threw the expectations out the window. So if you've got a parenting book that has the milestones and they're supposed to do this by 12 months, they're supposed to do this about 18. If you take anything from this, y'all rip that page out. Yep. I know we, as one of our gifts to our audience, we created a, a milestones, but like at the very latest, because everyone worries about, it's called the worried mama's guide to baby milestones, because everyone thinks that they have to hit things at certain times. And it's like, no, there's a range. There's like, th there's a time where you should worry, you know, if it's like they haven't done something at a certain age, but before that, it's like, they're fine, you know, just like chill out. And just, if you hit the at the very, you know, like the maximum time where maybe they should be like walking or crawling or something, then look into it. But, you know, enjoy the ride until then. Right. And you know what, ladies, I've seen that guide. And so I'll amend my rip that page out and then put that guide back in because you should be, you should be educated, right? Like how can we be proactive with the pediatrician if we don't know? But what I like about your guide is that it's the range, it's the range and it, it's like, Hey, don't hit the panic button until you get to this point. Yeah, exactly. But until then, just enjoy the ride because it's, Every, like you're saying, like every child is different. They have their different milestones. Just like, don't worry until you have to worry sort of thing. Exactly. And it's so fascinating that you get to watch three children grow up so differently. And yet like, you know, they have the same mom, the same dad, and, and they're so different. It's such a mind boggling kind of just like watching human nature, at, you know, right in front of you. And I can tell you that I have experienced firsthand. I mean, yes, there's something to nurture, but nature, man, nature is powerful. These kids have very, very different personalities and it's been a real joy wow. to watch. Wow, I love that. What are you most excited about right now? Oh, right now? Do you know what? I am most excited about, you are going to think I'm <laughs> being a little hokey, but whatever, I don't care. Connecting with other entrepreneurs like you guys. I mean, our our connection, like we're in the same space. You guys want to collaborate, which is awesome. But like just connecting with similar minds, moms who have a professional itch they want to scratch and just being able to support them. Like what we're doing right now is what I'm excited about. And I think that's why I'm digging just the podcast and being an entrepreneur that hangs out on Instagram. Wow, there's a lot of connection to be done there. And, you know, it's I don't have a ton of time to scratch my professional itch, but I sure am having fun doing it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like such a, for me, I mean, because we're new moms, but I feel like it's just like this huge wave that's coming up and maybe it's always been there. I just never got on the wave before, but it's it's truly inspiring what connections are out there to make and and tribe to find that doesn't have to be like your next door person it's all they're they could be across the world and they're still your tribe it's really exciting 
So is there a gift that you want to share with our audience? Yes. So I'm going to give you a download for my training calendar. So anybody who's connected with me on Instagram has seen this. I'm a marathon runner. I have been for, wow, for about 15 years now. I've done a marathon in each of the 50 states or almost each of the 50 states. I'm about 47, over 50 marathons though. And being a mom threw a wrench into my training, y'all. Like, like crazy. So previously, I would follow schedules that said, Monday, do this. Tuesday, do this. And anybody that's into fitness has seen something similar. Whether you're into, you know, lifting weights or just whatever you're into, you've seen these schedules that are Monday this, Tuesday this, Wednesday that. What I started doing was actually just playing around in my calendar and using Post-its. So I would schedule all of my runs, right? So picture it, Monday through you know Sunday. I would schedule all my runs, but instead of writing them on the calendar, I would write them on Post-its. Because guess what? If I have five miles scheduled for Monday, sometimes life happens on Monday and I can't do that. But if it's on a Post-it, I can just move it to a different day. And so anyway, so I do a lot of, from an education perspective of training with, um, if you guys, if anybody out there has a better name for this, I've been calling it the post-it method. (laughs) No diggity. Um, (laughs) So, but it's the post-it method and it can work with meal planning. It can work with, it can work with a lot of things, but I have a great graphic designer who made me a template. They work with the two by two small post-its. And so folks can go to your site and they'll just be able to download that and print it out, buy a small pack of Post-its, and then whatever training they're doing, maybe they're a runner like me, maybe they lift weights, maybe they're trying to plan something different altogether. I have a working mom who does some of her tasks with this Post-it method. But I'm going to give you guys that calendar template. And I'll also encourage you to connect with me on Instagram to see kind of demos and training on that method. You know what? It helped me stay a marathoner after motherhood. I don't think I could have juggled it doing it the old way. This has helped. It's flexible training. I love this idea. I love it. I can think of all the different... I'm like, I need this for all areas of my life. You got to move it and then you just move it somewhere else so it doesn't become this like put it down at the bottom of your to-do list. Such a great idea. Yeah, thank you for that. You got it. So this last section is called Mama Has a Minute. It's a short and sweet question and answer format. Are you ready to go? I am ready to go. What is your favorite form of self-care? Oh, definitely running. Y'all, I've loved running. I mean, like I, you know, I dabbled in it in middle school, high school, but running has taken a different form in each phase of life. And now I love running for the solitude and just fresh air. Music, book, nope, nothing. Just me and the road or the trail. What is the best parenting advice you've ever received? Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Share your favorite parenting hack. Favorite parenting hack? Oh, online grocery. Online grocery. Instacart, whatever, deliver. Do not waste time in the grocery store. Don't take those kids in the carts. What is one product your children cannot live without? Wipes. Baby wipes. They refuse to use napkins or like normal paper towels. They need a wipe for everything. Baby wipes. And they're three and five, y'all. Baby wipes. Recommend one book and share why. Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. I think aside from the Bible, it is the best book a Christian can read. And I know people that have converted to Christianity after reading this book. And finally, share what motherhood means to you and the best way we can be in touch. Motherhood to me, I just, it's like, I know that God designed me for this. Motherhood to me is 
raising the next generation to honor him. It's fulfilling and it is hard and it's wonderful and it's everything that I thought it would be. The best way to get in touch with me, I'm the host of the Run Lift Mom podcast, or you can find me on Instagram at runlift.mom. Yay. Amazing. Thank you for sharing your stories so openly with us. Thank you so much, ladies. I Thank you so much for listening about my journey through infertility. If you get anything out of this episode, I hope that you know how to be proactive about your own infertility, how to get through the journey with your spouse. Big shout out to Trey, aka Mr. Runlift Mom, because he was fantastic and continues to be a caring and amazing partner for me. Also, when you aren't having fertility issues, I hope that you understand now how to better support the people in your life who might be going through something similar. Until I get into your earpiece again, remember, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That's from 1 Timothy 4.8, and this has been the Run Lift Mom podcast. All right, Katie Danger, if I could only promote one thing on this podcast, Real Talk, it would be Super Greens every time because I feel like every listener needs it no matter what season of life she's in. Can you tell me, though, how is Super Greens different from other greens products on the market? Well, first and foremost, it is amazing in taste. I know a lot of people are going to be hesitant when it comes to greens because they they may as well just go out and eat some grass, but I'm telling you, We sweetened our green with tangerine fruit, so it cuts the bitter. Um, But as far as what makes it different in in formula, it's 11 different superfoods. It's got six full servings of veggie per seven gram scoop. And here's the big kicker, 25% of your daily recommended amount of fiber. Wow, awesome. And then the last thing is, we naturally sweetened it with stevia, so there's no sucralose. It's a perfect greens product that anybody should be taking. Thank you for listening to the Run Lift Mom podcast. This began as a passion project in February of 2019. I wanted to uplift other women in the areas of running, lifting, and motherhood. Here's what's happened. I've not only personally been uplifted, I have been blessed by the relationships with guests on this show, by the relationships with listeners of this show. Thank you so much for helping me continue this passion project. Here's how you can help even more, and it will take you less than 10 seconds, dear listener. I want you to rate, review, and subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe. It really, really helps other people find the show, and it keeps my show sponsors happy. Guys, I'm thrilled to announce a new partner on Run Lift Mom, and that is Audible. I've been an Audible member for over 10 years, and my favorite part, hands down, 
it's the gift of time. I use the free app to take notes as I'm doing my long run and I hear something fantastic and you are going to love it. If you want to try Audible free, visit audibletrial.com slash runliftmom. That's R-U-N-L-I-F-T-M-O-M. Again, for a free trial, visit audibletrial.com slash runliftmom.